Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello to everybody who leans into the things that give them small joy. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun and I'll get to know you and you'll get to know Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Guess what? Beautifulcononymous.com. That's where you can get your passes, your tickets for the Beautiful Cononymous convention. Our first ever fan convention where you can meet past callers. You can attend live tapings and comedy shows with live music, film screenings, so much more. You can buy a full festival pass at beautifulcononymous.com. And if you click on the tab that says schedule, you can just go buy tickets to individual shows if you'd rather do it that way. I got to tell you, everybody, I'm so psyched for you to hear this call because in some ways, this is the silliest call we've done in a very long time. In other ways, this is a refreshing breath of air and a good reminder for me on how I need to live my life in a way that's a little more healthy and positive, okay? Because here's what this comes down to. There's not anything too complicated about what you're about to hear. Here's what it comes down to. Ready? This caller loves yo-yos, knows a lot about yo-yos and yo-yoing. And we talk about yo-yos for an hour. And I say it in the course of the call. Some people are going to go, that's not my thing. And they're going to turn it off. And I think that's a shame because at the end, what we have is both the caller and I talking about how necessary it is to find joy and embrace joy and not apologize for joy. And that is, in fact, the message of this call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hey, is this Chris? Speaking. Hey, how's it going? Sorry for the uh, weird introduction. I was just uh, writing out some emails for work and stuff. Oh, no, that's all good. Um, I'm, I would say I'm good. I've been, I've been doing dad stuff all day. I'm, I'm in like suburban dad mode. That's how I'm doing Suburban death mode. I I kind of feel like I'm living that life now, but I am not a dad. I just happen to live in a house in the suburbs for the time being, and um, kind of a kind of a funny story with that. But it, it's me and my partner, and then my longtime roommate for I'd say probably about eight of the last ten years. He lives with us too. We live in the uh, the suburbs near and around LA. So just, uh, it is nice to have a backyard. I'll say that. I love it. I spent years living in apartments. It's a lot of work, the yard. Well, luckily we're in a rental and the rental people hire gardeners. And so we don't have to do much except, uh, I guess we'll occasionally prune the, uh, the orange trees. My, my partner, he's really into, uh, into getting the oranges down and, and stuff. And so he's, uh, he's constantly monitoring that. 
And uh, he even found out that one of the trees in our backyard was a uh, an avocado tree. And so that's been pretty fun. He's, he's been really loving that too. Love this. Love this harvesting. I, I set up patio mm-hmm. furniture today and then some of it had uh, like mildew on it. So I had to scrub that down. And then I also replaced some clips that help hold our front door's window in place. I did all these things. Mm-hmm. Real suburban stuff. Cool. Yeah. Suburban life, man. It's, it's, uh, I say it's a little underappreciated, you know, maybe it's just me being in my, my mid thirties now, but I mean, I, I, I lived in, in LA city proper for a good while and I loved it, but I don't know if I'd want to go back there, but bit quieter out here. I think the only thing I, I do miss is uh, being able to walk this stuff. Uh, but the closest like door in any way, shape or form is at least a mile away. And uh, I miss being able to walk like a couple blocks down to the gas station and like pick up an iced tea or something. Yeah. I do miss New York as far as being able to run out and get anything you need at any hour of the day. That was always nice in New York. <laughs> Whereas now if I run out of toilet paper, I got to drive 10 minutes. Oh yeah, and also um, I I play Pokemon Go as well, and it's like uh, the lack of any Poke stops available in the area is kind of a bummer. I feel like I need to walk about. I think the the closest landmark is a is a church. I think it's like a Mormon church about a half mile away from here, and so it's like even at the old apartment complex that I used to live at, which was kind of in the suburbs, they had a Poke stop like. 30 feet away from like my door. So now I got to walk a half mile to there, but I guess it gets me off my fat ass. So I'm good with that. Well, I, I gotta say, if there's one thing that we all know is the big sacrifice when you go from city life to suburb life, it is availability of Pokemon go hotspots. I've been saying it for years. You, um, it's you, you've been playing Pigo. I played Pigo when it first came out, and then I realized that, because I had no connection to Pokemon, I never played the card game, I didn't really know the characters, never watched the cartoons. So I was playing Pigo when it first mm-hmm. came out, um, and briefly got very into it, but then realized I don't need more addictive things to dominate my life, but um, I did get a friend of my wife's into it, and she still plays it all these years later. Still playing it? Yeah, and it yeah. was like the next time I saw her, she's like, do you have this and that? And they updated this and that and blah, blah, blah. And somebody went to Europe and got me the one you can only get in Europe and traded it to me. And, this, and I was like, she's like, what are, you, what are you up to? I was like, oh, I stopped playing like <laughs> three days after I showed you that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, still a, there's still a number of, of groups out. We, we go and visit... Um, we go, so I live in LA and we go visit a friend of ours in uh, Orange County, which is about, I'd say for us, about like a 40 minute drive away. We'll go and visit them and we'll do these, uh, these like monthly events out at this park nearby their place. Cause there's a lot of people that show up and a lot of spawns of Pokemon and, and things like that. And so it's, there's, 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 there's dozens of us. I'll say that there's, there's, there's a, not a huge number, but there's a small hardcore contingent of us out there. I'm not as hardcore as my partner is, but you know, I, I'd say we're. I'd say I'm at like a. I call myself a casual hardcore player. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Casual hardcore. I can figure it out. I can figure it out. 
like chaotic, hardcore. chaotic neutral. Yeah. Chaotic neutral. I'll, I'll do the events. I'll do my dailies. I'll keep up, but I'm not, I'm not trying to get the most optimized things. I, I, I feel like I'm, I play it cause it gets me out of the house, gets me walking, gets me in my podcast and, or, you know, fantasy audiobook time. Um, but like, I'm not trying to fully optimize. I, I feel like there's a level of, of FOMO that the hardcore, hardcore players get that I just don't necessarily feel. The casual hardcore, you know. Sure. I get exactly what you mean. I get oh. exactly what you mean. Are you, is this uh, an outlier for you or are you a nerdy person in general? I, I guess I'm a kind of a, a nerdy person in general. Uh, nerdy in that like, you know, I've got, I've got some niche interests. Um, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been listening to, um, the Stormlight Archive series by Brandon Sanderson. These are thick, thick, thick audio books, no, thick books, but I've been listening on audiobook form. Um, they're like 45 to 55 hours long and, uh, I've been enjoying it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, he's got a lot of characters in there that kind of remind me of kind of the types of characters you will see in like, you know, the Marvel extended universe. Um, but you know, there's an epic through line throughout all of it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's also a, another series that I've been listening to by his called Mistborn, which is like kind of like a fantasy heist series. That one's been a lot of fun. So, and then, um, I also, you know, besides like the, the novels and stuff, uh, I guess probably my most niche hobby is uh, I'm I'm into yo-yos and yo-yoing. Um, like uh, if you remember or are aware, like I think around 1999 there was that big yo-yo boom. Everyone had the fireballs. I got sucked into that and kind of went in and out of the hobby for maybe about 10 years or so, and then picked it up again in 2011. It was a I found a yo-yo at a frat party when I was in college. And uh, I picked it up and remembered all the old tricks and just everything came right back. And then, you know, 12 years after that fact, I've got <laughs> at least 100 yo-yos collected. Boom. There it is. There's our break. That's the cliffhanger. At least 100 yo-yos. At least. That's a lot of yo-yos to talk about. We're going to talk about all of them when we get back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thanks to our advertisers for helping this show exist. Now let's get back to this very important yo-yo themed phone call. 12 years after that fact, I've got <laughs> at least 100 yo-yos collected. 100 yo-yos. <laughs> so, uh, at, at least 100 yo-yos. I, I, I collect them. I, I stopped learning tricks a few years ago. I just kind of like to take it from my head. Um... It's like a, I kind of, I, I kind of, how do you say it? I like to draw the comparison that like 
freestyling or just kind of noodling around on a yo-yo is kind of similar to when someone just kind of noodles around on their guitar or something. You know, just kind of like, uh, you know, you're improvising something, you're just kind of playing around. Maybe you're playing, uh, you know, some tunes you're familiar with. It, it kind of feels like that. Um, but, you know, it's yo-yoing and it's not music. Um, I used to be more musical. I was in, you know, the, the, the marching band in high school and college and stuff. But I've, you know, I've since put down the trumpet and stuff and, and uh, you know, it's yo-yoing. It's it's something that you know I'll pick up and put down. You know, sometimes I'll go months without touching a yo-yo, and then I'll get right back into the craze again. I'll go to a couple yo-yo meetups and then enjoy that for a bit. It's it's kind of just been like an evergreen, but kind of like an in and out sort of hobby. I love this so much. Are there are there yo-yos that you will mess around with, and then others that are so rare that you don't dare even try? Oh, I I. Part of the fun is like is <clears throat> especially some of I, I've got a couple of, of yo-yos I think that are pretty rare and valuable, and uh, you know as long as I'm playing them over carpet it should be fine. I'll, I mean the you know I'll check the string, make sure the string's not you know going to fray or anything, and uh, you know as long as the string's in good condition and I'm playing over carpet and not in the vicinity of any you know sharp objects or furniture or anything like, yeah, I'll, I'll play with my rare yo-yo too. You know, uh, I've, I've got one. I've, yeah. I think probably the, the one that comes to mind is um, uh, without getting too deep into the details, there was a, uh, there's a company called Caribou Lodge. Their first yo-yo was called the peak. Uh, yo-yo heads will probably, you know, know what that is. Um, and I've got a, a pre-production peak of their second run. Uh, this specific color, I think they only made one of three of them, and I've got one of three of these. I just happened to get it in just a a random buy sell trade thing, and I I estimate that this peak is worth maybe about five hundred dollars, and I'll play with that. It's a fun yo yo, you know. And I I think I've even go ahead. No, you've even what? I need to know the I need to know the conclusion. <laughs> I I think. I think I've even hit it on the couch, but it didn't get any uh, didn't get any bumps on it. I, I looked all over when I hit it on something, but I, you know what? It's my yo-yo. I'm not getting rid of it. <laughs> you know, part of part of these things is that like yo-yos, when they're a lot of times when they're made, especially if they're like the more boutique manufacturers, they'll only make a small number of them. And so a lot of like ones that are out there, you can't really find unless you keep looking for them. So for example. Um, uh, back when I was more active in going to the yo-yo club, you know, just like a casual meetup every couple of weeks, there would be some manufacturers that would come. And one guy, he would only release about 40 or 50 yo-yos at a time. And he was just a machinist, not a real good businessman, but he made affordable yo-yos for people that could get them. And, uh, you know, he released a, a line of yo-yos called the Octave. So he made the Octave 1, Octave 2, Octave 3. And then uh, that guy stopped making yo-yos, but the, the other guy who was um, on his team that was requesting these, he went to another team and made a fourth yo-yo based on that design called the Dune. And uh, I had the Octave 1, the 3, and the Dune for a while, but I could never quite get my hands on the Octave 2. And I finally found someone, after about 10 years of looking, who was selling their beat-up-ass Octave 2 for like a hundred bucks and I snapped on that right away. Cause it's just like, 
you don't see these for sale anywhere. So I was just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a game. If you're into the collecting, you got to be patient. You got to wait it out. So, but now I've got the full collection of the octave among other things. Like I've, I've got another friend who I knew back at school. Um, he started his own company in his dorm room. Um, and he was contracting out to uh, machinists in China. They would get him prototypes and he would get their comments and stuff. But like, I was there with him on like day one when he got his like, first shipment in of like the prototypes and I bought one off of him and, and um, you know, he gave me a, a, a titanium version of this yo-yo. I think he only made like two or three of them. That's another one I consider to be really valuable. And I'll play with that one a lot as well. The titanium ones are fun. Cause if you, uh, if you flick them, they make like a nice, like ringing sound, like high pitch ring. It's really cool. So there's, there's a lot more I could get into and it's a lot of fun, but yeah. I'm a grown man that plays with yo-yo. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love this. I love this. And and I have to imagine there's a lot of people listening who are right now going, I don't know what any of that means. And I'm one of them. But it's still fascinating to hear someone talk about something they care about. But you're telling me there are yo-yo heads out there who probably followed every word of that. There's people out there who, when you just said, I finally snagged an octave two, they were like, no fucking way. Like there's some people out there who get the impact of that, yeah. There, there are dozens of them, and some of them might not know the octave too, but they, there are a few out there who know what that means. Um, they'll know what Caribou Lodge is. They'll know what the Dune is. They'll know what the, um, they'll know what the the previous manufacturer was. It was called Recreational Revolution. Um, I'm not going to name the guy because he 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 got caught up in some. Uh, I'd say less than savory business practice. I don't want to air out the specific guy's dirty laundry, but really, there's it's shady yo-yo people. If you know, you know. Okay. There are some shady yo-yo people in the world, yeah, too. And 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 that was that was kind of the that was kind of the fun thing was just like, oh yeah, you know, I I know that this guy selling these yo-yos and making wiener jokes is not a good businessman, but he <laughs> is here in front of me with a case of yo-yos that he's selling for $40 a pop. I mean, he's there in front of me. I will buy that yo-yo off of him knowing that I can actually make this deal work out because, you know, he, this, this was a guy who, you know, someone would put in an order and he like wouldn't send them the yo-yos or he would like go to a contest and start selling yo-yos without being a sponsor. And so it's like he's kind of drawing the business away from the people who paid for the tables and stuff to sponsor it. And so just just kind of stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know what this guy's up to. I haven't heard from him from about 10 years or so. But, I mean, I've got a bunch of his yo-yos. I bought them all from him. They were cheap. They're great yo-yos. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah, there there are people who know and keep up with all of this. Sometimes there's a lot of drama in such a small hobby. But, you know, that's how it is sometimes. But yeah, shady yo-yo people. There's also a lot of good yo-yo people too, like honest, good people that are out there. And, and I've met some of them too. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit less into kind of the hobby like I was a few years back. Um, you know, just kind of, I finished school and other priorities came up. So, but it's, it's always there, playing the yo-yo, my hobby. I love this. And is it, is it the yo-yos themselves or is it, are you also a fan? Cause there's gotta be people who are famous in the yo-yo world as well. Right? Like, 
Are they yo-yoists, yo-yoers? Yeah. How do you refer to a yo-yo person? Um, yo-yoers or throwers. Throwers. Um, that's that's another one. Uh, throwers. Yeah, that that's 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 a more of an English word than yo-yoers is. I think yo-yoers kind of that one comes off a little weird off the tongue. I think. Uh, but the thing is, if you go up to a random person and start saying, oh, I'm a thrower, they won't understand what you're talking about. But if you say, I am a yo-yo word, they will understand it a bit more. And the way to make it more clear is like, yeah, I play with yo-yos. So, you know, it's, uh, but there are, there are some, some, I guess, uh, yo-yo famous people out in the world. You know, I'd say, you know, keep an eye out on the, the, the competition scene. The people who are winning, I guess, the, the big tournaments, they'll get famous. Um, I'd say probably, I don't know. I, I, I guess every so often a, a, a yo-yo war will show up on like one of those uh, talent shows, like America's Got Talent or something like that. But I don't really pay much attention to, to TV that much. I just know that every few years someone will show up and then, I will see posts on, on the yo-yo forums or on the Facebook groups saying that like, oh, this guy was on and, you know, he'll show his routine. And, and typically like, you know, these are, these are competition level people that will probably do like a simplified version of their competition routine. So it's a bit more understandable for the audience just because the, the, the competition routines, they're, they're, they're quite intense. I don't know what they're doing half the time. And I've been in the hobby for about 10 years or so. And, um, but it's pretty incredible watching a competition routine. Um, you know, I, I could probably recommend one for people to watch if they're interested. Please, please do. All right. So um, if you go to YouTube and you type in the letters WYYC 2011, uh, and then the name Jensen Kimmett. Um, this guy, he won ninth place that year only because, you know, in the competition format, he was given three minutes to do his routine. And he only did his routine for two minutes. Um, he cut it early. He was the previous year's winner of the, the world championship. And I, I recommend this ninth place routine because it is a complete routine. There's no mistake. And it, it's, it's less of a competition routine and really more of like a, like a, a, a window into this guy's like self-expression okay. using a yo-yo. And, uh, so you're saying, it, if, go ahead. You're saying if you as a yo-yo enthusiast had to recommend one thing, it would be the ninth place finisher from a competition in 2011 called the WYYC. I've called it up on yeah. YouTube. Can I watch it? And I'll narrate what I'm seeing and you tell me. Yeah. So you, is you, that okay with you? Because it's only two minutes and forty seconds. It's a it's a it's a guy in a it's a tall guy in a gray shirt with Clint Eastwood on it. Yeah, and he's got a black and white hat with some, the hat's black with some white. He's got hammers. a black and white hat. It's he's got a Clint Eastwood shirt. Yeah, he looks kind of like maybe hipstery, maybe even almost like a skater kid vibe, but I can't be certain of that. I'm gonna go ahead and watch yep. this, and I'll tell you what I'm seeing, and then you tell sure. me. Your reaction to it. Okay, let's see. So he's... All right. I will react to your reaction. Jensen Kimmett. Yeah, so he's starting. Ooh, okay. So some of this is the showmanship. 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Intricate handwork. I'm seeing some very intricate handwork right away. He's got music playing. Oh, he's doing some stuff with the string, flipping it around. I mm-hmm. mean, it's moving fast. This is way beyond the walk the dog type stuff I knew as a kid. <laughs> way beyond. Yep, far beyond that. And That's a way to piss off the yo-yo or tell him to walk the dog. He's also like um, hyper-focused on it, but sort of singing along to the music in a way that makes it look like no big deal. Like he seems kind of cool and laid back in the midst of something that seems really difficult. Yes. Wow, Okay. Okay, just did some stuff over his head, some stuff where the, okay, less under, oh, under his legs, through his legs. That was impressive. Yep. A few more close, impressive hand things. That close-knit hand stuff is very impressive to me, but it all looks the same. So the fact that he then busts out and does like a between the legs to shake it up. Whoa, okay. Yeah, he changes it up. Yeah, looping it out and around. Okay. We've got a minute left. This has already been very impressive. There's almost a breakdancing vibe to it. There's almost like a, an ex, like it's not just about the yo-yo. It's about his movement and his vibe too. It it's a it's a yeah. It's about the the whole person and the performance. Oh, he just did something. Oh, now he's like whipping around the far end of the string like a lasso. It looks incredibly hard. And then up and around his arm. Okay. Yeah, those, those whip tricks and oh, and he's vi- now he's making a face like, can you fucking believe what I just pulled off, you motherfuckers? Like he's, he's making <laughs> fa- oh now some really intricate handwork to finish it. It seems looping that string. So this guy, this dude's vibe is that he's cool as shit. He's a cool motherfucker. This guy. It's just a cool yo-yo dude. You know, and it's woo. And he pulled it back up. Yep. And. You might not have noticed it during the the thing, but uh, he did not touch the yo-yo once. He no. did uh, he did some tricks called regeneration, where you bring the yo-yo back like you're going to catch it, and then you throw it back out again. So you don't touch the yo-yo, and and that and the fact that he did that and he did that really cleanly. Um, that's why I love this 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 particular one is because although he didn't win, and I don't think this guy intended to win. There's a there's a deeper backstory behind it that I don't think it's my place to tell it. Come on, you got to give me the bullet points. I don't think he was going out there to win. I think he was going out there to perform. I think it was good. I think he was going out there, and there's a lot of little Easter eggs in it. Because um, if you look at the at the routine that won him the world championship the year before, he looks like a completely different person. He's kind of manic out on the stage. He's like a like a real like. You can tell he's really gunning for that win. This one, he's a lot more laid back, and he's just well. The video where he won in 2010 is off to the side, and I can see he's very clean shaven. His hair is short, whereas in 2011 he had almost a uh, little bit of a mullet um, and and unkempt. Bit of a mullet, unshaven. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he he went. Uh, I I will say it and leave it through. Leave it at this. He went through some stuff after he won the world championship. And okay. so he came back to compete the next year. And what I think that he did was he did just a performance that just, he just went out there and performed and let the performance speak for itself, you know? And, 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 and I, I like showing this one because although there are some of the crazy tricks and you were saying that you weren't quite understanding what he was doing, I find that this one is actually of like, the good competition performances. This one is probably like the easiest one I think to like understand, you know, 
because he's not taking it too fast. He's mixing it up with some of those with some of those body tricks as well as uh you were calling the the ones where it's like a knot and they're hopping the yo-yo in between the strings and stuff. They call those yeah. technical tricks. So it's like a mix yeah. of like technical tricks and body tricks, but it's really all used as a tool for just him kind of, you know, getting out there and just kind of, you know, getting his piece out to the world, so to speak. So is it is it almost fair to say, in some sense, it seems like Jensen Kimmy and also the comments under the video are people saying this is the best routine of all time and how did this only win ninth and if he wanted to go out and just score a bunch of points he could have done it he wanted to do this instead it seems like in the somebody who says god damn it jensen kimmett is the best yo-yo ever um (laughs) apparently he made the music as well he's the artist who made the music he was going to um, someone says yeah. that, that awkward moment when you realize it's all on one throw. So this people flipped out. Is it almost fair to say that him being clean cut and winning in 2010, then doing some soul searching, coming back with this vastly different style that's more laid back where his personal style is much more at the forefront. Is this almost to the yo-yo community what it was like to the folk community when Dylan plugged in? Divisive but revolutionary. Dylan plugged in. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan plugged it in. Okay, I'm I'm not I don't know that much about Bob Dylan. Okay, All I that's know fair. that there was his, there was there was his early work where it's yeah. just him and a guitar. Exactly. And I guess he went electric at some point later on. And it was really divisive. People felt like he had sold out. It was really divisive. Okay. But then he had a whole new era. Or is this like Nirvana? Is 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 Jensen Kimmett's 2011 uh, yo-yo routine? I almost said yo- juggling yo-yo routine. Almost like when Nirvana drops, <laughs> never mind. Is it almost like, well, now we all have to deal with the fact that things have changed? I wouldn't say it's like that. No, I, I think I think with this, he, it, I think it more signaled that he wasn't, uh, he wasn't going to be competing much anymore. I think I, because I know that after that he went off to kind of start his own yo-yo company soon after that, and he's, uh, he's kind of gotten a lot more low key. He's really kind of. I think scaled back his public persona. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point he's just kind of making yo-yos and artwork and, uh, and, and some hip hop beats, but he's really actually pretty drastically decreased his profile. Now I am seeing a couple comments here. Somebody says he used a woolly home marmot and someone said, no, he used a chief. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? That means the model of yo-yo that he used. Are you familiar with the Wooly Ho Marmot and the Chief? The Wooly Marmot and the Chief? Uh, yeah, I've, I've played with both. Um, they're both by the that, that same company, Caribou Lodge. Uh, they're a Canadian company. And uh, they they make good yo-yos. They tend to be on the more expensive end. I think it's because they, they get a lot of hype around them. Not against, and it's nothing against the company. They just happen to... Uh, you know, run into a lot of demand for people purchasing them. And so, you know, they raise their costs and people still buy them. So, you know, good business, I think. But I mean, during that time when they were released, when they were releasing yo-yos, they were pretty much getting bought out and sold out right away. So, I mean, it's basically just yo-yo heads like bickering about what model was used. I don't consider it to be that important. It's just, you know, Sometimes yo-yo heads bicker about these things. Indeed. But I, I wouldn't say that that this routine was like divisive. If anything, it was like um there were a couple there were a couple people that were 
maybe a little uh, little put off because he had asked the audience not to applaud during the middle of his performance. But I, I think it's just he wanted to let really his showmanship and the routine as a whole speak for itself. But you know, I don't want to I don't want to put words in the guy's mouth or anything. I just think that this particular performance stands on its own as like a really beautiful performance. I love this. I love this. You know, it's, it, 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 and, and, and you can, I don't know if it was evident to you at all, but when I watch this, I see, I see kind of the feeling that he put into it. Absolutely. And that, you know, I, I see that like, and maybe, maybe it's not just me seeing it. Maybe I'm projecting something. I don't know, but I'm, I'm seeing that he put a lot of like himself into this performance. And, 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 and that's, that's what I like. I'll tell you what, there was a TV show a few years back. I don't think I've ever spoken about this publicly. There's a TV show, and it was on MTV, and it was called America's Best Dance Crew. Are you familiar with this show? Not particularly. It was what it sounds like. It was a competitive show where they had dance crews faced off. It is, by far, one of my favorite television shows of all time. And I would go so far as to say maybe the most underrated television show of all time. Because, you know, it's trying to be the dance... Well, it's trying to be the dance version of, you know, your American Idols, your voice, you know, these shows that are creative people competing and some move on and some go home. It's it's from a formula. Mm-hmm. But what happened is, you know, if you don't want all the dance crews to look exactly the same, you've got to get people who are doing different types of dance. And what I found so inspiring about this show it's reminding me of how I feel hearing you talk about yo-yoing and especially as you tell me what I'm watching in this 2011 performance by Jensen Kimmett where he won ninth place as far as this yo-yo competition because you'd get, like there was one dance crew from Brooklyn that were these kids who their whole style of dance revolved around the fact that they could basically dislocate their own shoulders. Not a joke. So they'd be doing these moves and all of a sudden they're, limbs would be pointing in the wrong direction. You'd go, whoa. There was another group that was sort of sort of modernized, but all of their work revolved around Appalachian-style clog dancing. And they would put on these wooden shoes and they would do clog dancing. And what I loved about this show, you know, and then also a lot of the Jabberwockies became famous from this show. A lot of people might go, okay, I know you're talking about. Those are the guys with the white masks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that, of, of your more traditional, what you think of as a dance crew, as a sort of hip-hop rooted, going back to the days of the B-Boys and the Rocksteady crew and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, to yeah. make sure that the show was not just endless versions of that, they were bringing in all these other types of dance that, frankly were kind of more fringe. And what was really beautiful is they'd mm-hmm. show these Brooklyn kids training when they're popping their shoulders out. And these kids are training on the streets using construction scaffolding to train and, and learn new moves and get themselves in shape. They show what these Appalachian clog dancers are doing and, and you know footage of them back home in Appalachia where you realize by the standards of America's Best Dance Crew, they're like kind of doing something quaint and folky. By the standards of the Appalachian clog dancing community, these people have broken every tradition and turned it pop. And the fact that they're even on TV is in this weird way 
pulling back the curtain on a culture that's not meant for mainstream television and it's divisive and it's risky and it's bold that they did it. For real. And America's Best Dance Crew was one of my favorite shows because of that. And I will tell you, the exposure you're showing me to the world of competitive yo-yoing, a world that most of us don't even know exists, but for the people who care about it, they can encyclopedically reach back 12 years to recommend a particular routine that they feel displayed a lot and changed a lot. It reminds me of it, to know that there's people out there whose form of self-expression is via their yo-yos, and you are someone who dabbles in that and certainly has appreciation for it. Oh, you put it in a much more profound way than I've ever thought about it. <laughs> Let's pause right there. That was a tangent on my end. Was it a stretch? Maybe. But did I really like that show, America's Best Dance Crew? You know I did. Anyway, we'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. That's it, everybody. That's all the ads. Now we're going to finish up the phone call. It reminds me of it to know that there's people out there whose form of self-expression is via their yo-yos and you are someone who dabbles in that and certainly has appreciation for it. Oh, you put it in a much more profound way than I've ever thought about it. Well, you must be aware that most people around you on a daily basis think of a yo-yo and they go, I think maybe I had one when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, for certain. And that's probably the extent of how much they think about it. And you've got at least 100 of them in your house. I I do. It, it, is, uh, it is a little embarrassing to admit that I've got that many over the years. But, you know, a lot of these is like I've, I've, I've come to know people in kind of the, the yo-yoing world and I've gotten to know a couple of, of people who manufacture them. And, um, you know, if I see that they're releasing one or especially if there's one that looks interesting, I'll, you know, make sure that I, I get myself one in whatever way possible, you know, supporting the people who, you know, th- there are a few people who like are able to make a full-time living out of yo-yoing as a hobby or as an industry or anything like that. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of these folks, it's you know, kind of a part-time thing for them, kind of a hobby job. Um, some of them are, are big manufacturers and, and, you know, they, they, they have a staff and a salary and, and all that stuff, but they're, they're very few. There's plenty of people out there who will make a couple of runs of a yo-yo and then just stop making it, or they'll, you know, just make it like a low level, like kind of hobby job, um, that they do just kind of for fun. You know, maybe they'll turn a little bit of a profit, but you know, it's, it's, just kind of, you know, for the love of, of, of making these things because it's fun. Um, and especially kind of nowadays, the, the amount of ideas that are out there is, uh, is pretty nuts. You know, there's the, just kind of with the, the greater availability of like uh, drafting software, you know, where people can uh, kind of come up with a design that they want. 
and then they're able to send that design off to you know manufacturer. There's especially a lot of uh, overseas manufacturers that can uh, that can kind of take those take those designs and machine them and send them back. Um, you know, for a low cost. I, I think the industry has gotten kind of kind of easier in that regard for people to you know put their designs up and stuff. So there's all sorts of cool things coming out there. You know, it's 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 a mix of like just kind of like a passion project for a lot of people, kind of a little cottage industry thing going on. And uh, there's always something fun out there that I find interesting. That's like, oh, maybe I'll get it and I'll play with it and I'll like it and I'll like it so much that I'll just keep it around. And other ones where it's just like, hey, this yo-yo looks cool, but it doesn't play that well. But I like having it because it looks super cool. So, you know, they're they're just little like some of them really just feel like you're holding on to a little work of art that you can like play with. Some of them are just like this thing is meant for performance and it's meant to perform in a certain way. So there's there's all sorts of variety with it. I think it's just kind of like, you know, if if you if you talk with like guitar heads or like people who are really into, you know, just buying and trying out and testing out different types of guitars and stuff like that, you know, you hear them get all sorts of in the weeds about, you know, different manufacturers and people talking about like, you know, getting the right Les Paul or something like that. And uh you know, it's it's kind of fun seeing these parallels I see between like yo-yoing and guitar. So, yeah. not that I'm yeah. much of a guitar player. I I played about 20 years ago, and I haven't touched a guitar since. You know what else I love about this yo-yoing world? What's up? My guess is you're here educating me, someone who knows nothing. But it also seems like a world that's insular enough and passionate enough that there's probably going to be people who are yo-yo heads who find this. And they're going to listen to it and post on yo-yo message boards or yo-yo subreddits. And they're going to be like, man, of course he brings up 2011 Jensen Kimmet. Like that's basic. And, and, and you're sitting here going, no, I'm on a podcast where I know that 99% of the people listening don't know anything. And I'm trying to explain to them the basics. And there's going to be people going, why would you, of course you bring that up. Like there's, there's got to be yo-yo gatekeepers and purists and people who have these opinions on what's actually cool in the yo-yo world. Right? There, there probably are, and there's probably also some yo-yoers that, you know, are less focused on what happened in the past and are more focused on what's going on in the present. I mean, I'm just, I'm just relaying what I thought about it. It's, uh, I'm just telling you, like, my experience with it. My experience is very different, I think, from some other people's experience. And yeah, I mean, if there's gatekeepers and if some of those gatekeepers figure out who I am, because this is a fairly small hobby and a fairly small world. And I think there is going to be some overlap between yo-yo hobbyists and beautiful anonymous listeners. So I might get found out. I don't care. (laughs) I really don't care. And now you mentioned, how long have you been with your partner? I've been with him for, got together late 2016. It is 2023 right now, about six and a half years or so. Okay. And, when did your yo-yo devotion start? Uh, that started, I'd say it started in earnest around uh, 2011. So he knew what he was getting into. He knew what he was getting into, but at the same time, like, um, you know, when I, I think at that time, you know, soon after we started like dating, you know, I just kind of, I think we were just kind of hanging out one day at my place and I was just, I kind of picked up a yo-yo and started playing with it. And I think the thing that was cool with him was that he did not immediately start fawning over the yo-yo. 
when I picked it up because sometimes people they'll start like they'll they'll kind of give sometimes really over exaggerated reactions. Like, oh man, that's so cool! But not my partner. He he just kind of watched me do that. I was like, okay, that's interesting. It didn't phase him. You know, my my yo-yoing hobby has never really like phased him, but he's been supportive when it's like I think it was last year I went to like a meetup for the first time in about five years or so and, and he happened to know the guy that runs these meetups just through a freak coincidence. This guy that, that started these meetups happens to be in his uh in his World of Warcraft clan where they go raiding together. And um <laughs> and so it's just it's just weird coincidence that it's like, oh yeah, you know this guy you know, he started this yo-yo group, but he's also in his raiding clan. And they'll raid, you know, two days a week on schedule, like clockwork. And so it's just, uh, it was nice because he got to meet this guy in person. And this guy lives, you know, maybe only about a half hour east of me. And so it's just, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah, he's been not like over the top supportive or anything, but like he hasn't, he hasn't talked shit about it. That's a plus. That's good. He's just not really faced by it either. Because, I mean, where does one even store 100 yo-yos? How does one have enough room in one's house? Yo-yos aren't big. But they they pile up. I, I, most of my yo-yos are stored in a banker's box. Do you leave them loose in the box, or do they have packaging? Um, some of them, I... Let's see. When I first kind of got in the yo-yo hobby, my, my dad, he had a bunch of... Uh, he just kind of had a bunch of stuff. He was an avid fisherman. And then he... Uh, he also collected cigar boxes and he also collected like boxes from like old scientific equipment and stuff like that. Like he, he lived, uh, he lived many lives throughout his lifetime and he just had a bunch of stuff. And so he and I made a couple of like little, uh, took some boxes and repurposed them, put on like a thin layer of like a towels to keep them padded. So we made like, three boxes worth from old cigar cases and old like scientific boxes that store probably about 25 yo-yos. Um, some of the yo-yos are in the original boxes that I got them in. Some are in little uh, paper case or not paper pencil cases that can store about five or six of them. And uh, a bunch of them, especially the, uh, the, the raw aluminum ones, they're just floating around loose in there, but they can all fit in the box. And, and so whenever whenever I've moved, I'm able to put all the yo-yos in a single banker's box, and there's room to spare in there as well, too. And I can just cart them from place to place when I need to. But yeah, in a banker's box. <laughs> oh, I love this. And if I want to get them out and display them, I mean, yeah, I can take up more room, but I can also pack down my hobby to, you know, really a box or a box and change if I need to. Wow. Wow. Never dreamed. I never dreamed I'd be hearing uh, this much about yo-yos in my lifetime. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess it's part of the job. You hear a bunch of unexpected things with people, right? It's true. Now, how does it feel for you knowing that, you know, there's a whole community of people who listen to this show who are going to know you as the yo-yo guy forever? That's fine. Look, I've come to... look. I've seen 40-year-old version. I've come to peace with the yo-yo guy being, you know, one of the things that Steve Carell's character called himself in that. Like, I've made my peace with that. I understand the joke. I know what it means to be the yo-yo guy and that 
the yo-yo guy doesn't always really confer any sort of additional status or prestige, but I think there really kind of comes a point where you just got to enjoy what you enjoy and uh, fuck the jokes that people make about it or fuck the jokes that people pull from a movie to make out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, life's too short to kind of worry about, like, other people's jokes about things, you know? You're not going to sit around and apologize for being who you are. You fucking love yo-yos. If other people have a problem with that, it's their problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they have a problem with it, then maybe they need to uh, maybe they need to think about their life and why they have a problem with it because it's not it has nothing to do with them. It's none of their business. So we've mentioned Pokemon <laughs> Go, we've mentioned yo-yoing, we've mentioned Warcraft raiding. These are things spread out um, between you and your partner as a couple. Is there anything your partner does where you're like, oh my God, that's so nerdy? Because I wonder if that, if you're even allowed to express things like that in a relationship where you own 100 yo-yos. You know what I mean? I mean, he's, he's more of a hardcore Pokemon Go player than I am. Um, there, there are some times where it's like, you know, especially if there's like things I want to do on a weekend or like, you know, or if like I want to see someone, you know, and I'd like to do that. But he's like, oh, we've got, you know, this Pokemon Go event. And it's like, you know, there's always a bit of tension where it's like, are we really going to sacrifice, you know, seeing this person I haven't seen in a few years for a monthly Pokemon Go event? And, <laughs> you know, typically it's, it's we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to work around it. But yeah. it's, it's definitely something where, you know, he, he's even admitted to me that he'll get the, uh, he'll get the dreaded FOMO for Pokemon Go stuff pretty hard. And it's, you know, gotta, I gotta keep the peace and things and I don't want to fight him over it. So I always try to find a way to work around it. But, you know, do I think that sometimes, um, you know, the, the, the Pokemon Go takes precedence over other things? Yeah. But again, it's his priorities, not my priorities. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll play along with it and do some of these things and work my schedule around these things. So we have enough Pokemon to trade at the end of the day. But if he's uh he's really gunning for that, he's gunning for that. And uh I won't try to like dissuade him from doing it because I feel like if you try to dissuade someone from doing something that just kind of breeds resentment and uh I don't wanna do that. You know, I love him and want him to be happy. So you've laid out some situations where you feel like his hobbies have come in the way of the relationship. Do you feel like your yo yoing has ever done the same? I hope not. I kind of stopped going to a lot of the meetups that would happen locally, but I think a lot of the time I also kind of not really like grew out of them, but just kind of, I don't know, it just didn't seem as worth it to, you know, go out 30 miles east or 30 miles west to where they were doing the things. And, you know, we're just doing other things together. You know, I've kind of, you know, I, I, I will always enjoy the hobby of yo-yoing, but I might not be as involved in the community. You know, there's, there's a give and take there. Again, there are some times where I don't pick up a yo-yo for months on end and they'll just, I'll have my favorite ones that sit up on the bookshelf and they'll be there and I'll look at them, but I don't really think to pick them up. It's a hobby that can come and go in intensity. I'm not like, I'm not as this like gunning for yo-yos all the time as I am in this conversation with you. Of course. This is just one track that we have gone down now for 50 minutes. 
We only have 10 minutes left. 50 minutes we've talked about. 50 minutes we talked about fucking yo-yos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the sum total of you. I'm sure you're a well-rounded person. And just one of the many interesting things about you is that you own 100 yo-yos and know a lot about yo-yoing, both in its current competitive form and its history and whatnot. You happen to catch me, you happen to catch me on a yo-yo day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, there's a bunch of other stuff, but man, it's, you know, there's only so much you can uh, really cover in a one-hour conversation. This flew by. I hope you've been enjoying learning about you. Oh, my goodness. When I just saw that where we've got less than 10 minutes left now, I couldn't believe it. I feel like we started 45 seconds ago. I, I can't believe <laughs> how engaging it was that we just talked about yo-yos for that long. I've learned about Jensen Kimmett. I've learned about gatekeepers and Pokemon Go. I mean, let alone harvesting your own avocados. Harvesting avocados, yeah. He's been, uh, he's been, he's been eyeing the avocados in the avocado tree and judiciously feeling them, making sure they're ripe, and picking them. We've also got a couple of orange trees in the backyard too. There's one particular orange that we have been watching. I think since December. I think this orange is finally starting to get ripe, and that is what we're calling our orange. And we're gonna pick that orange, and that will be our orange. But you know, he he. He'll take some of the oranges to his parents. Um, they live about 10 minutes away from where we do. Uh-huh. And so I just make sure that he knows that this one particular orange on the tree, that is our orange because we've been watching it for so long. I got to tell you, I have to be very honest with you. I've been having a hard week. Sorry to hear that. And I can't even totally, it's okay. I can't even totally put my finger on why, but I have a grin on my face. That is going ear to ear. Because it's unbelievable to me that I get to have conversations about oranges and yo-yos. And it is somehow <laughs> my profession. I could not be more thankful. I'm, I'm glad to have made this little part of your week a little bit nicer. Thanks so much. I also feel, have we spoken before in some other context? We have not. Oh, you have a very familiar voice to me. We, we, we have not. I've, I've, I've never made it out to a live show. I have picked up your audiobooks and listened to them before. Thanks. And I do listen to this show, but I've I've never talked or met you or anything like that. Okay. Okay. You you legit don't know me at all whatsoever. Fair. Okay. I guess I just feel like I do. Cause here you know why I think I love this <laughs> one so much? You know why I think I love this one so much? Why what's up? Because if I was just slightly more dexterous. I could easily go down a yo-yo rabbit hole. We, you and I have the same personality. It's just different things. For me, it was soda for a long time was the thing I was completely obsessed with. I can tell you a lot about the history of soda and where to find different regional <laughs> soda brands and which ones I like, which ones I think are overhyped. Um, I think that's what it is, is I feel like I'm looking at this weird mirror image of myself where it's yo-yos, but I know what it's like to be the person where I'm like, Telling someone about something where I'm like, they're fascinated. It's legit. They're not making fun of me. They're not laughing about it. It's real. They also Mm -hmm. ultimately don't have any fucking clue what I'm saying because only I know what I'm saying. Because I'm (laughs) there's only a certain fringe type of person that has dove dived in this deep on this. And I do that to people sometimes. Mm -hmm. So to be you have you doing it to me, I'm sitting here with the biggest grin. Because I love when people love things. I really do. 
And I think we spend too much okay. time being bashful about the things we love or feeling like we've got to grow up and grow out of things like a yo-yo obsession. You don't. You don't need to grow up. You don't. You're still allowed to like yo-yos. You're allowed to like them less or more a year from now than you do today or at any point in the timeline. But I just love hearing someone unapologetically talk about a thing they love for an hour. I love it. Hey, glad, glad you enjoyed it. I, I, I feel like sometimes when, when people like ask about, you know, this, this particular hobby, especially if like, you know, I'll, I'll bring a yo-yo in like my bag with me when I go out, for example. And, and if I'm going to like something, uh, especially with, uh, with some of, with some of my partner's friends, um, you know, I'll just kind of bust out the yo-yo and start playing, especially if I'm not particularly feeling like being in the conversation for whatever reason. Right. You know, we all get that way. And, you know, if I'm just like busting out the yo-yo and just kind of enjoying it, just kind of for myself, give me something to do. Um, you know, inevitably some people will see that, think it's cool and they'll start asking me and then I'll start talking. And within about two minutes of me talking about it, you can see their eyes glaze over. You can, you can see them losing their attention, <laughs> like, visibly. And, and so it's, it's always kind of something where it's like, I feel like I've got to have maybe the, the three-sentence explanation in my back pocket so that I don't lose their attention and so that they can make their, their, their polite exit from me being the obsessed yo-yo guy, I can have like my, my three sentence thing. I can have my two minute long talk. I can have my five minute long talk. And, you know, I, I'm definitely always kind of controlling what it is that I like about it and kind of conveying that because I, I feel like, you know, with, with these sort of niche hobbies, you can lose people really, really, really easily in it. You, know, you can be so into and obsessed about the details that you think are so cool you'll completely lose most of the people. You know, they either won't have a clue of what you're talking about or they won't care. And some people can hang on your conversation, right? But I've never been able to, like, get anyone to pick up a yo-yo and actually play it and get into the hobby, you know? I just share what I like and I, you know, really trying to make sure that I don't lose them in the conversation because that has happened before. You know, you kind of got to kind of kind of a bit of a social skill build up you need to do and knowing when people aren't interested but they're being polite to you and you got to be polite back to them you got to let them go off and go and talk about whatever you know fucking boring ass politics things they want to argue about <laughs> with someone else or, or you know let them get back on and and discuss the outrage of the day or whatever whereas just like I don't want to talk about that because that gives me the bad pit feeling in the stomach. I want to do yo-yos. That's a bit more immediate. I can do this. So, yeah, just you got to kind of temper how you talk about it. One is, well, I was just going to say, too, you're saying there's some people whose eyes glaze over. Let's not pretend. There's some people who have turned this one off. And I will just say this. Those people don't get it because it's not about yo-yos. It's about passion it's about finding small things in life that get you through the goddamn day once in a while. It's about finding things that give you simple joy that you don't need to investigate further or try to explain. It's about having things in life that bring you something 
And that's the extent of the relationship. This makes me happy, yeah. period. I don't need to explain that. I don't need to ponder why. I don't need to justify it to anybody. And that's, that's the thing I kind of think about, you know, when, when you bring up the sort of thing, is it reminds me of, I don't know if it's a lyric or if it's just something that they, they display at their shows, but I'm a big fan of this, uh, this, this group called uh, Above and Beyond. They're a musical group. They play a lot of electronic music. Um, you know, they've kind of got a whole cult following unto themselves. And I are big fans of them. But one of the things that they display on their shows and on their merchandise and stuff that I find you know, really sticks with me is this, is this thing. Uh, life is made up of small moments like this. Yeah. Right? Small moments like this. That's what, that's the substance of life. We're going from small moment after small moment after small moment. Why not make some of these small moments nice? Yeah. And why not let them define you a little more than we usually do? Because it's easy to read the news and yeah. go, we're on the brink of World War Three. And we're killing the earth and no one seems to be paying attention to that. And there's all sorts of marginalized groups fighting for their lives in the streets. And there's a level of wealth disparity that we haven't seen in my lifetime. And, and it's not going to end well for somebody. And it's scary. And how do I find my mortgage or my rent? How do I get my health insurance? How do I pay these bills? How do I take care of the people I love? All of those things are real. You have to talk about them. I'm not saying you ignore them. But I'm also saying every once in a while, it is okay to just pick up a yo-yo if a yo-yo is the thing that makes you happy and forget about all that stuff for a few minutes. That's okay too. It's, it's okay to seek out and pursue your joy in the midst of a bunch of fucking awful stuff that's happening in the world all of the time constantly, you know? And it's not to diminish any of that stuff happening, but also so much of the stuff is just out of our control right like me picking up a yo-yo isn't going to solve anything and in, in fact some people may argue it's maybe a sign of privilege that i'm able to pick up a yo-yo and enjoy it but it gives me the peace to you know just enjoy a, a bit of a break in the middle of the day or something like that you know and uh it, it it makes me happy to do that and then i put it down and i go back to doing the other stuff that i'm supposed to be doing like my work but you know, just, just, I like to kind of pepper my, my life with these like nice things that I can do, these small things that I can look forward to, you know, throughout the day, throughout the week and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Cause that's something we can control. I love it. It's simple. It's easy and a good message. We can control the little things that can bring us joy or bring us down. Why not control the things that can bring you a little bit of joy in the day in and day out? I'm with you. Lean into those and never apologize. Our time is up. Yeah. This was... All right. Well, thank you so much. One of my favorites ever. I can't stress that enough. This was great. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the conversation. Caller, thank you so much. Thank you for that reminder to lean into the things that make me happy and don't apologize for them and to give myself moments throughout the day. It's great advice. Also, thank you to Anita Flores, who produces the show. Thank you to Jared O'Connell for engineering the show. Thank you to Shell Shag for our theme song. Don't forget, beautifulcononymous.com, May 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, Brooklyn, New York. And know more about me, chrisgeth.com. That has my other tour dates as well. Wherever you're listening, there's a button that says subscribe, favorite, follow, something like that. 
it helps us so much when you hit that button, so please think about doing it. If you want merch, you can go to podswag.com. There's shirts and mugs and stuff like that over there. Plus, if you want your episodes ad-free, you're going to want to go ahead and check out stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code STORIES. You get a one-month free trial. And hey, the best thing you can do is tell friends. If you like this show, tell people we exist. It's the best form of advertising there is. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.